The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to the Herd and Ten Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Futinsky. Another episode of the Herd and Ten podcast, part of the network. You can find our show on bicbp-radio.com or any streaming service you use: Spotify, Apple, Google, etc. I'm your host, Jake Fortinsky. You can find me on Twitter at jfortinskynfl. You can also check us out on our dedicated Twitter and Facebook accounts at Herd and 10 Bills win, Bills win, Bills win. The Bills are 2-0 and now. It's a great start to the season. I don't think anyone's shocked playing the New York Jets, who are a real dumpster fire right now, playing the Miami Dolphins, who actually don't look bad, but are still an inferior team and probably not a playoff contender. I don't think anyone's shocked that the Bills won. They're 2-0, and and they have a challenging matchup ahead of them against the Los Angeles Rams. But I just want to take a little time to talk about the Bills' huge win over the Miami Dolphins. The Bills won 31-28. to Now, I thought the Bills were going to win by more than that. I think a lot of you probably thought the Bills would win by more than that. But, you know, the Bills made it interesting. And coming into the game, knowing that the Bills were going to be missing their top two linebackers in Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, it didn't look good for the defense. I had a feeling that the defense was not going to be the same defense that we've seen in the last couple of years And more importantly, that we saw against the Jets. And we saw that because the Miami Dolphins and Ryan Fitzpatrick attacked the middle of our defense constantly. They went after the middle of the field, and it makes sense. We didn't have our starting linebackers there. So why not attack exactly where they would be playing? Why not pressure in the spots that they know we're weak at? So no surprise, but... Look, I don't want to sound like this was a miserable game or anything like that. We won. It was close, but we won. And the defense was not the same defense, but I think that it was that part was to be expected. We were missing our top two linebackers. We're not the same defense without them. Yes, we have a lot of talent on the team, on the defensive line, in the secondary. But if you're missing your top two linebackers, and more importantly, 
one of them is the mic and actually runs the defense in Tremaine Edmonds, you're not going to be the same defense. I don't care who you put on the field. I don't care how talented your team is. If your leader on the defense is not there, it's not the same defense. So at this point in time, recording this midweek, we still don't know if Tremaine Edmonds or Matt Milano are going to play this week. We still don't know. All I know right now is they're practicing, but it's unclear if they're going to play. McDermott's been very hush-hush about it, as he usually is. He doesn't give us a whole lot. I've spoken to some of my sources as well to see if I could get anything, any inside scoop for all of you listeners. But unfortunately, I just don't have anything. I've come up short. There really isn't a lot of detail. Or there aren't a lot of details about either Edmonds or Milano. We just don't know. Uh, To be honest, I was surprised they didn't play last week. It was really unclear. I know that they practiced some of the days, but they still didn't play. So we might have the same story. Now, not having Milano and Edmonds against the Los Angeles Rams is not ideal. That is not good for the matchup. So before I jump into that, I just now want to talk about some good stuff from last week. So defense, okay, wasn't the best. They were also missing two top players. I understand. The offense, wow, they went, they came out guns ablazing. They looked amazing. And in particular, Josh Allen. He looked unbelievable. He threw for 417 yards, career high. Just after he set his career high in week one, throwing for over 300 yards. So 417 yards, goes 24 for 35 with a 68.5% completion rate. Don't tell me he's inaccurate. Maybe he used to be, but man, he did not look inaccurate last game or the game before that. He also threw for four touchdowns. And at a passer rating of 147. What a game. For those of you listening, you better be excited about that. And look, I will restrain myself here a little bit. Because I understand that it was against the Dolphins. And Allen in the past has had a lot of his best games against the Miami Dolphins. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. It was an incredible game from Allen. And week one, he also looked really good. Granted, he fumbled a couple times and made a couple poor throws. But in the first two weeks, Allen is playing at an MVP level. Is that going to continue? I don't know. Uh, know, I'm not going to lie to you all. I'm not going to say that Allen is going to win MVP or he's going to keep playing at this level. That might not be the case. But in the meantime, we got to enjoy what he has accomplished. He has, I think, proven a lot of people wrong. I think he's shown stuff that no one thought he could show. His ceiling is definitely higher than I thought. I think it's higher than a lot of people thought. I think the hopes were that Allen could become a very good franchise quarterback. I don't think anyone thought he'd be putting up MVP-type numbers two weeks into the season, entering week three. Now, is that going to continue? Again, I don't know. 
I hope, as a Bills fan, I hope that continues, but I just don't know if that will. But he's looked incredible. And, I mean, his receivers, look, he had John Brown last season. He had Cole Beasley last season. He did not have Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs has looked unbelievable. And, look, I'm not trying to take anything away from Allen, but... Some of the plays where I feel like would have been drop balls or they would have sailed over or they would have gotten picked off, Stefan Diggs steps in and makes incredible catches. There were at least two catches in particular against the Dolphins that Allen threw a beautiful ball, but Diggs still had to go up and get it. He had to pluck it out of the air. On one occasion, he was in basically double coverage. And he made an incredible catch. He had to jump very high and he had to pluck it out of the air and take a hit. He also, on another play, again, a beautiful ball from Allen. Not perfect, but very nice throw. Diggs had to step in front, use his body, uh, essentially out-muscle the defender to get in front and then go up and grab the ball and keep his feet in. A little toe drag there, a little toe drag swag. I mean, you got to love Stefan Diggs so far. His attitude has been incredible. And look, when things are going well and he's getting the ball and he's getting fed, of course he's going to be happy. I mean, I want to see if this doesn't continue or if he's not getting fed so many times. If he's not getting six, seven, eight catches a game, is he going to get frustrated? I hope not. If he does, hopefully he can settle down or Allen can settle him. But at the moment, if he's getting fed the way he is, and if this continues, Diggs has got to be happy. I mean, he's he's putting up big numbers so far, and he's helping his team. And I've seen on many occasions where he sees another receiver on the team open, he'll point for Allen to throw to that receiver. So he's clearly got a great attitude. All, all of the receivers do. They seem to be on the same page. They're all unselfish, and that's really, really important. I think some people had concerns with that when Stefan Diggs was on his way to Buffalo that he may be a bit of a diva. He may not care about other receivers. He may be selfish and just want the ball. But since entering, he has not been like that at all. We have not heard anything like that from any of his teammates. And you haven't seen that on the field. If you've been watching every minute of every game, you've seen that Diggs gives it his all on every play, and he's unselfish. He's fine with other guys getting the ball. He's fine if John Brown gets a 50-plus bomb touchdown. So Diggs has played unbelievably well and is showing that he's an unselfish player and is just there to work and do his job. So big win for the Bills but they have a much bigger task at hand this week. The Los Angeles Rams and the Buffalo Bills are the only teams in this week that are playing each other that are 2-0. They're the only undefeated teams playing each other this week. So one of them is going to come out of the game and they're going to lose, and one's going to remain undefeated. I hope it's the Bills. I personally think the Bills are going to win this game, but I do think it will be interesting if Tremaine Edmonds and or Matt Milano cannot play. 
if one or both of them can't play. I could see the Bills taking a loss here, unfortunately. Look, it's at home. The Rams are traveling cross-country, which should help the Bills. But the Rams are a very good team. They have a good defense with a lot of talent, and they have a very good and potent offense that has a lot of talent and speed. And those are going to be big things to look at in this matchup. So I think for this week, I want to talk about our weekly wins and lazy losses. So to start off this segment, we'll focus on, well, we're going to start with weekly wins and then we'll move to lazy losses. Now, before I jump into this segment, I want to just say this segment is brought to you by Manscaped. If you haven't heard of them, Manscaped is the best men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Before I get into the segment, I want to tell you a little bit about the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. This trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. It's also waterproof and even includes an LED light to illuminate grooming areas for precise trimming. If you buy this product using the promo code HERDAND10, you will receive 20% off. Yeah, that's right, 20% off and free shipping. So please visit manscaped.com. And when you go to purchase an item and hit checkout, Include the promo code HERD and 10 and get 20% off and free shipping for your entire order. I'm telling you, you're not going to regret it. I've started using it because they've sent me some awesome products and it's incredible. It's, it's a great product, not just the trimmer, all the other stuff, the lotions, the deodorant, it's great stuff. If you want premium stuff, for anything below your waist, I'm telling you, go to Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and get their stuff. It's, it's amazing. And, I mean, if you buy anything, it will help this podcast as well. So I appreciate you going to Manscaped and buying something there. Even if it's a small item, you can buy anything there and you get 20% off. So just use the promo code HERDAND10. So now let's get into the weekly wins and lazy losses. For weekly wins, the Bills need to play tough defense. Regardless of whether Tremaine Edmonds and or Matt Milano are there, the Bills are going to have to play tough defense because the Rams have a potent offense. They have a solid running game and they have Jared Goff at quarterback who's been very good in his first few years in the NFL. He passes a lot, and he's got really quick receivers in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and a few others as well. So, you know, Tyler Higby went off last week. I believe he had a couple touchdowns. He's their tight end, if you don't know. And they have speed. So a big thing is going to be physical tough defense. Stop that speed. Slow them down. Play press coverage if you have to. Don't, don't make it easy on Goff and don't make it easy on their receivers. Now, you got to shut down the run. So I talk about speed. 
Yes, they have speed at receiver. Yes, they have Jared Goff, who's been really good to start the season. But they also have a strong run game. And in the past, at least for Jared Goff, he's shown that he has issues when the run game isn't going. For example, the Rams did not play nearly as well last season. Jared Goff had a good season, but it was nowhere near as impressive as the prior. And it's because Todd Gurley was not the same running back. So with their running backs now, with Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers, I believe there's they're actually both dinged up. So I don't know who we're going to see this week. But what's important to note is they have talent at running back. And if you stop their running game and you don't let it get going, Jared Goff may struggle, or at the very least, he's going to have to throw a lot more, and there'll be more opportunities for turnovers, like interceptions. Goff throws interceptions, so if he's forced to throw a lot, and they're unable to run the ball effectively, the Bills' secondary is going to have a hell of a day. So I think that those are really, really crucial parts into winning this week's game. Now let's get into lazy losses. The Bills are going to have to show some balance in their offense. It's amazing. Allen has been excellent in his first two weeks. Threw for a lot of yards in the first game, as I mentioned, over 300. Threw for over 400 last week. And he's thrown a lot of touchdowns as well and has run touchdowns. But he needs that balance. There needs to be a run game for the Bills. The Bills have to find a way to get some runs through, get some chunk runs. They've really struggled in the run game. And it's not to say that they haven't tried. They've tried. They haven't carried the ball a lot, but they've tried. You can't only pass. You have to get both parts of your game going. I mean, look, I I said it. The way the Bills are going to win is by stopping Jared Goff. Well, more importantly, Stopping Jared Goff would mean to stop the run game because Jared Goff's not the same player if the Rams aren't running well. So the way the Bills are going to lose is if they can't get the run game going. So that's how I could see the Bills losing. If they can't get that balance, if they can't run the ball effectively, it's going to be a little too much pressure on Allen. He's playing a very strong defense in the Los Angeles Rams, and we're going to need our run game to get going as well. You need to protect Allen. If the Bills fail to protect Allen, so obviously they need to have an effective run game, and I I think this all connects because if your run game is weak, your pass protection is probably not going to be nearly as good because they're going to know you're throwing more. So you need to not only not fail at the run game, but you also need to not fail at protecting Allen. You can't have Allen scrambling constantly. Is he good at getting away from defenders and making things happen when plays break down? Yes. But do we want that happening constantly in the game? No. So I would say if the Bills are unable to protect Allen effectively and stop a guy like Aaron Donald, who is arguably the best defensive tackle in the NFL, if they don't stop him from getting into the backfield and either taking down our running backs, or more importantly, taking down Allen, maybe forcing fumbles. As we know, Allen is maybe sometimes a little careless with that. The Bills will lose. So the Bills need to find a way to protect Allen, because if they don't protect him, they will lose. 
Now, let's get on to the fun part. Let's go with a prediction of the game. Now, this is a tricky one. I think it's going to be high scoring, although I hope the Bills' defense is going to hold up. And I think, you know, the prediction's a challenge here because you really don't know what's going to happen because you don't know if Edmonds and Milano are going to play. If they don't play, the game's going to be a lot higher scoring. If they play, the Bills could probably hold... They could probably hold the Rams to 21, 24. So I could see the Bills winning this game. Ah, man, I want to say 31 to 24. I think that that seems reasonable. I honestly think that that's possible. I know the spread is lower. I think the spread right now is two and a half at this point in time. The Bills are favored at two and a half. More probably because they're at home, but. And I think they are a little bit better, but I could see them winning by a touchdown. So I'm going to go with 31 to 24 Bills victory. Look, hopefully it happens, but I mean, who knows? So anyways, that's it for this chunk of the episode. But there is another section coming up and we have an exciting guest. His name is Rashad Whitfield. Now, I'll talk a little bit about it in the next segment, but I just want to mention so you're all excited and don't go away because this guy trains all the top NFL talent, whether it's on the D-line, whether it's defensive backs or receivers. He trains all of the top players in the NFL. He was actually saying he trains a player on every single team in the NFL, I believe except for the Las Vegas Raiders. So he works with all the top talent in the NFL like Odell Beckham Jr. He even works with Ed Oliver. I believe he's worked with Josh Allen. Uh, He's worked with all the top talent in the NFL, and he also works with NCAA players prior to them making the NFL. He worked with C.D. Lamb. Like, this guy is for real. He works with all the top talent, so having him on is such an incredible opportunity, and the interview with him was incredible. Please bear in mind, the quality wasn't the best, um, there were some technical difficulties. I think um, his internet connection um, went out a little bit, so it wasn't the greatest quality. So I did have to trim down the interview. Um, but please bear in mind that, yes, the quality is not amazing. I understand that. But he is such a knowledgeable guy. He has so much to say. And it's too bad I had to cut it down as much as I did. But I wanted to at least give you something to listen to from him because he's such a knowledgeable guy. And He's such a cool guy. So anyways, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we get back, you'll get to listen to the interview with Rashad Whitfield, the footwork king. So thank you for listening to this segment and get ready for the next one. Thank you. And we'll be back in just a moment. Bill's season is here, but tailgates will have to wait but there is a new way to connect with your Bills Mafia and other sports fans. Let me tell you about this new app called Playing the Field. Playing the Field is a dating and community app made exclusively for sports fans. By Playing the Field, you can connect with sports fans for any reason you want. Want to find a friend that won't ask questions when you say you need a table? Someone to go to a game with or just grab a few beers and wings? 
Need an extra player for your weekly hockey game? Playing the field also helps you find your MVP by offering a dating app that removes the inconvenience of having to scroll through multiple profiles just to find a sports fan. Playing the Field is available on the web at playthefielddating.com and will have iOS and Android versions later this season. Playing the Field is founded by a member of the Bills Mafia, so you will also be supporting one of your own. Please take a look at our show notes for more information on Playing the Field and their podcast, The Fan Experience. Welcome back to the Herd and Ten podcast. As you know, I'm your host, Jake Fortinsky. You can find me on Twitter at NFL. You can also check out our dedicated Twitter and Facebook accounts at Herd and Ten. I've been talking about this all week. I'm excited. I officially have Rashad Whitfield here with me, the footwork king. Um, if you don't know him, you better get to know this guy. He knows football. He's been through everything, and I don't want to say any more. I mean, I'll let him explain, but this guy's been through it all. He's worked with a ton of top-tier NFL talent and college talent. And uh, uh, without further ado, Rashad, I'll let you take the floor here. So, Jake, man, thank you for having me. First and foremost, thank you for having me. Uh, man, I appreciate it, man. Um, I love uh, talking to you guys, man, about, you know, there's more in depth about the athletes, I mean, you know, that I work with and that, you know, that are play for whatever, you know, for the bills. I'm doing like a podcast for. Uh, y'all don't get to see the training aspect of it. So, uh, and, 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 have, um, and I kind of can dig into the stuff, you know, you know, well, how will they move, you know, just, you know, how will they change directions? You know, just, it's crazy because even when I'm watching, that's what I watch. I watch the movement. You know, uh, most guys are enjoying a big catch, a sack. The, uh, like, for instance, uh, Moser, when he ran 80 yards, most people are enjoying that. I'm more so looking at, okay, why, why did he do this instead of that? Why didn't he just speak so wide? So I'm more of a movement type of guy when I'm watching it. So I feel like I'm always great. I'm always training side, man. And uh, I, I think I've been blessed with that, man, since 2000. Chill, man, 2010 is when I started this business, man, and it kind of took off from there. But uh, you got a different style of training. Uh, not many guys do what I do down here in Houston. Uh, I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, I, you know, I battled a bunch of injuries coming out of high school. You know, walked on at U of H, battled injuries there. Never really even got to play. Uh, you know, I'm a character, you know, so, you know, being a case major is all about body mechanics. This is just, just movement, you know. Uh, uh, what I do, as far as the way I train, I didn't learn in kinesiology, but just the fact that movement and how to burn helped me out with, you know. So, uh, not every kind of blueprint on how I train. I just see things. You know, I can watch the film on the head. I can watch the film on Stephon Diggs. It's like, okay, I see Stephon going against the cornerback. I see something. All right, why he might not have got that much. Why he, why he might have not gotten that much separation. But Stephon Diggs never really has this issue. Um, I can see it. You know, I automatically. With, you know, with Ed, you know, taking the back, back, and running back cuts back. But Ed doesn't cut back at, at the same time as you know, Ed's feet might be outside of his frame, while the running back's feet might be inside of his frame. So the person with the side to that point quicker. So it's a small, minute, stand. 
uh, uh, guys like us, kind of the borderline kind of crazy the way I see things. It's like, you know, but the game changed now, man. It's a lot more, a lot fierce, a lot more fierce, a lot more demanding. You know, everything I do is detail work. Right? So, um, you know, guys like the friends of the Lakes of Lodell and, and all the other high, high counties, man. Uh, Jerry McKinnon, David McGarry, Clyde uh, Hudson, Samuels, and just the list goes on, man. Guys come with me every year just because the uh, brain and, uh, and uh, the way it, uh, it impacts their game when the season starts. So, uh, so, love what I do, man. It's good, good stuff, though. Changing, changing the athletes, uh, making them the best athlete they could possibly be, you know. Uh, in the NFL, man, you got to be everybody's job. So, you got to take it up a notch, you know. You can be the biggest and the strongest, but, you know. It's about movement and efficiency when you get to the NFL. You know, everybody big, everybody, everybody fat. So, you got to really pinpoint of their game, and that's what I do. Oh, your, point, your point comes across clearly, which is you've worked with top-tier talent, like you mentioned, with Odell Beckham Jr. You know, you've worked with Ed Oliver. We were talking a little bit about that before before we started recording. And I think for me, you know, you talk about what's so important to each other game and really working on that footwork. And it's not just about catching. It's not just about defense or offense. It's it's about the footwork. And, you know, when you watch games, you're not watching it like how I do or how our listeners would watch, right? You're looking at very specific parts of their game, how they're creating separation more with their feet than anything else. So, I guess for me, my, you know, we talked about Ed Oliver, how, how do you find, you know, especially with a defensive lineman, what's so crucial, you know, off the jump when you're the defensive lineman, how crucial is that footwork to them? Not only stopping the run, but ultimately getting to the quarterback and getting serious pressure. Yeah, that's it's gonna be you know, uh, speed, you know. So that first step off the line, especially for edge rushers, guys that play D, like Jerry Hughes, maybe who play deep end, but he works in short area. So if you notice that everything that a D lineman does is really long, because you know, like they said, they're going to pressure the quarterback. Big, long, big, long, big, powerful first step. You know, I'm more with guys like Ed who work inside. You know, free technique, DT. You know, they 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 gotta have short area quickness. You know, so I, I, a lot of the guys are really heavy footed. Um, they do more stepping than really kind of like moving their feet. They just step, step, step. You know, I got Ed kind of his feet. Just just, just move, you know. They, they, his feet are always active. You know, gotta have active feet. So it's small. I, I have. A, I do a lot of short area quickness stuff with Ed. A lot of changes in direction. Things are short area because the bulk of Ed, uh, when it comes to power, uh, you, know, you know, he's you know when it comes to off the line, way room. But like when Ed, it, it, it's, it's I work with Ed. I just make sure he can move. And as long as I can get Ed to move, like if he can move like a running back, he's gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, it would be pretty you know, impressive so, to have a defensive yeah, lineman moving like a running back. Yeah, you know, you know, and Ed acts. It, 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 it's crazy because if you were to come to my facility, work on work running back, you know, and I, and I think that's, you know, he's not your normal defense attack or agile, very, just, just working his way toward the goals, like a, a very similar, they're very agile guys, you know, you know, I, I'm taking away from strength and power, you know, I'm just talking about movement wise, if you watch the way Aaron moves, unreal, unreal, but you watch the way Aaron works out, it's like, damn, okay, high story, discipline, feet, loose hips, change direction, high. I mean, start, you know, God, yeah, man, active to rest, but feet, man, it can go stop. I mean, it's it's, un, it's unreal. You know, if you may ultra 40, that doesn't even matter. Because a lot of the time, they're, as a matter of fact, 90%, 100% of the time, shit, they're in the trenches. You know, they're not, you don't get to see their long tip, you know, full speed, um, uh, just, just key stuff like that to help my guys be able to move better. Yeah, so, no, yeah, you talked about, um, you know, working with, with D linemen, and, you know, it's exciting, right? Working with some of those big guys, and I think what I take from that at least is I think, you know, you really stress the hips there, how important 
the hips are and how crucial those are to getting them from the four step and working them into a two step so they can get to the quarterback quicker or get through the line quicker and attack the running back. So I like that you talk about that because I think that at least for myself and and again, probably a lot of the listeners, so much of our focus we think is, you know, on their speed, how quickly can they run, you know, how fast can, can they run or how quickly can they turn and, and all those things. And those are all important, but I think what you bring up is is crucial is that it really comes down to the hips that if you do not have loose hips you're not going to be able to make the moves that you need to you're not going to be able to attack the offensive lineman the way you need to or transition from one gap to the other without having those loose hips. And, you know, that probably comes back to, to your old days, right? We're working on your hips. And I know a lot of your focus is with defensive backs and receivers and, you know, they tend to be looser and more nimble, but I, it sounds like what your ultimate goal is, is to help defensive linemen move like they're a more agile player, like a running back or like a defensive back. So, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I think defensive linemen have probably changed a lot in the last bunch of years. And I'm assuming a lot of it is due to you and what you're doing with guys like Ed Oliver, how you're training them in a different way and teaching them a different technique so they can play that position a different way. You talk about him, Ed, you know, you've been working with him for years, getting him to be able to, like you said, play linebacker if he had to, shows the versatility that your training actually provides to a guy as big as him. And, you know, you talk about obviously the size of these defensive linemen has has truly changed and their abilities have really changed and it comes back to their training, right? So making sure that they can they can move at a different pace that they would normally be able to move at and in teaching them these different techniques definitely changes things. I guess my last question for you but before we head off, is, you know, I don't want to keep you too long, but is there anyone on the Bills, you know, outside of Ed um, that you've seen this year that you were really blown away by specifically when you're looking at their footwork. I know you mentioned Stefan Diggs and is there, is it him or is there someone else on the bills? Maybe it's Josh Allen. I don't know. Well, you know, I, I, Josh is not more comfortable with the game, uh, he, uh, but he came in moving very well. I was more concerned to see how Josh might do throwing-wise. He's been out of the ball, for sure. He scares me a little bit when he runs, man, because I'm like, Josh, man, look, you ain't got nothing to prove, man. Like, he's trying to go head on with these linebackers. But I'm like, Josh, after a while, man, he thinks somebody going to come hit you. <laughs> true, <laughs> you know? It's true. I'm like, you know, shit, man. man Lamar didn't see him. He can hit the shit out of Lamar, man. That right there makes it look at me. Let me slide. Let me go. Josh is in there trying to take these dudes on, man. He ain't got nothing to prove to do that, man, because the team – I went back, our quarterback is over there at Buffalo, so Josh goes down, and y'all been doing good with Josh. Y'all don't want him to go down, so we just need, I mean, y'all don't want him to get hurt, so just play, he needs to just play smart, but he, he's been looking very good this year. Uh, Diggs is a, kid, a dude who's been working on, he's been, I mean, you watch him every offseason, man, he's been with the Vikings, man, he's been, he's, he is a, he perfects his craft. I mean, you want to talk about art or route running? Stefan Diggs. If you watch Stefan Diggs, if y'all really pinpoint, watch the separation he gets when he's running routes. I mean, there was a video uh, of Sunday's game, which is Miami, right? Yeah, play, yeah, play, yeah, Miami. Yeah, yeah. He got from Diggs, the back was unreal. I mean, it, it, it's Vikings. Buffalo, I said, oh, yeah, y'all straight. Yeah, y'all are straight now. I mean, I got digs, and man, ain't nobody gonna be. He's that good, you know. Uh, but I mean, from a release point, a run, the separation gets out of the break. Uh, the can-iron coordination is great. You know, he don't drop no balls, man. I mean, he, his yards absolutely. 
Uh, I mean, he's the dude's phenomenal. I mean, I, I, everybody, when they're always asking my top five receivers are, you know, my route runners are, or who my top receivers that got the best releases, you know, Diggs is always top five. It's always Diggs top five. He's always in that in that category from route running, from release, um, and just 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 overall wide receiver. Man, he's he's my top five. You know, most, you know, um, you know, you know, uh, just I look for those type of traits. You know, I look for size, and Julio, do DK. You know, I don't look for that. I look I look at other traits. You know, like the, the training on Phil GMs when they're drafting guys should look at. You know, if you're drafting receiver. Don't look for a speed all the time because you know if you think about it though, Jay, the top receivers, two of the top receivers in the league are not the fast. And can't and if you ask any defensive back that I train, I train up who are the two top receivers that they have held with, they're gonna tell you Keenan Allen and Devontae at four six guy and a four seven guy. You know, so you know it's the game's change. You can't it's not a track race. Yeah, no. Um look, I mean it's it's awesome having you on, having someone who's who's worked with so many of these guys personally. It's amazing to just hear from you your take on some of them. You know, you talk about Stefan Diggs and and the way he can run routes and the fact that he can run them in so many different ways. And you talk about Allen and the list just goes on. I mean, but it's it's just nice to to hear your take on it and and how each player is so unique and and their footwork being so different causes them to be very different types of players. Whether it's Cole Beasley working in the slot or it's John Brown burning guys down the field. They're all, you know, unique. Um, I think another point that you brought up that you talk about is the receiver's size and speed is not everything. The fact that a guy runs a 4-4 or 4-3 doesn't mean anything. What matters is he's agile and he knows how to put his body in the right place. Yeah, so, no, look, uh, Rashad, I, I appreciate you coming on. I think you... You had a lot to say, um, and I think you really understand this type of thing. I mean, look, you're an expert in this, so this is what you do. So, again, for our listeners, check out Rashad Whitfield, the footwork king. This guy works with all the top-tier talent in both college and the NFL, helps them work on their footwork, takes them to another level. He also clearly understands how important footwork is, and can even just break it down by watching games. So it's it's incredible to hear some of this stuff you had to say. We really, I really appreciate you coming on this show. Hopefully, we can have you on again because I think that having you on every every so often to talk about what you're seeing in the current NFL and who you're working with is is exciting. And I think our listeners will love that. So I just I want to thank you oh, for good. coming out, and um, you know hope to have you on again soon. Thanks so much. No problem, Jake, man. Anytime you need me, man, just let me know. I'll, dude, I'll, I'm, I'm always free. I love talking ball. I love talking about my players, man. So uh, but, uh, definitely thank you, man, for having me, man. Totally appreciate it. For sure, of course. Thanks a lot, Rashad. Take it easy. Come on, get in here. We got to call this thing. Tighten up. Come here. All right, guys, here's the situation. Two minutes left, zero timeouts, down by a touchdown. We gotta drive 75 yards. All right, we can do this thing. I believe in each and every one of you. But real quick, did you guys know that the Two Point Conversation podcast runs five days a week, Monday through Friday, with various co-hosts and different themes every day? And then you can listen to them on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. So what's the play? Just, all right, just 
Come on, hurry up. Get to the line and just run, and I will get it to somebody. All right? Come on. On three. Ready. Set. Mother. Delay of game. Offense.